Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. Not too long before Cause Marketing Forum. Any special deals out there? Uh, no special deals, but you know what I'm doing right now? What? I'm doing science experiments at my desk. Unbelievable. Something that you're always doing. So today, I, yeah. do, I, I do dabble in science experiments like Sharpie Pen yep. Science and mm-hmm. Incredible Egg Geodes. Mm-hmm. But I think our guest today might have a little bit more information about science than me. Absolutely, because you know on the line we have someone really special. This guy has been on the Ellen Show, not to mention a host of other places. Steve Spangler is America's science teacher, and he's here to talk to us about Fueling Education, a Sitco program that's in partnership with a bunch of different folks, and you can win up to $5,000 and STEM teaching workshops. Hey, Steve, how's it going? I am great, Joe. Hello, Megan. Uh, greetings from Denver, Colorado. How's that? There we go. Home he's of the- my half of the of the country, Joe. That's right. He is. And, it's and, all West Coast today. And you know what it is? And I'm, I'm afraid to- Megan, that he is a um, he's a Broncos fan, probably. Yeah, probably. So I mean, this... <laughs> you kind of have to be a Broncos fan if you're in Denver. Yeah, so I know. I'm... I mean, what are you going to do? You going to stick with the Nuggets? I mean, you know, it just Look, doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole different conversation <laughs> and a whole different big bottle of wine too. So that's, uh... <laughs> hey, so so uh, Steve, we're really excited to have you on because you are a really pro, a uh, big pro in a lot of different areas. And one of them, of course, is, is cause marketing and working with this uh, Sitco program, Fueling Education. Can you tell us a little bit about how a guy like you, a science guy, gets involved in something like this? Let's let's reduce it down to the uh, to the lowest part, and that's this. I'm a teacher, yep. uh, and, and the lowest common denominator, and, and that seems to be the consistent theme all the way across here. How does a teacher, how does a, an elementary science teacher, somebody who started in as an elementary science teacher, get to talk to experts like you mm-hmm. when it comes to cause marketing? Mm. And maybe it's because uh, the passion and the purpose has stayed the same for 25 years. Wow. Uh, since the the time that I stepped foot in my first classroom as a science teacher. And that is uh, always the passion has always been to find the most creative ways to get kids doing science. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 25 years ago, we weren't talking about things like STEM, but the underlying initiative was still there. And STEM is really, in my mind, a, an amazing marketing uh, opportunity that the government took advantage of and and under Arne Duncan and and, uh, and his group of people to be able to say, let's put a, a name to the things that we've been doing for a long time, mm-hmm. but we got to put a purpose behind it as well because in education, we see these initiatives come through and they disappear. Right. But STEM has had this momentum and uh, it's continuing to go and it really is turning into steam as well. But we can talk uh, about <laughs> that later uh, because there, there's more behind it than that. We see that what we're going to have to have something behind here to kind of power this as well. And and the people that we're reaching today on your show can kind of help understand that as well. So have you been working for Sitco for, a, have you been in part of the partnership for a long time, Steve? We started part of the partnership by this year because the real focus was on professional development. Ah, very good. And it seems like this is what I found myself doing. I went from the classroom uh, and used television in the 1990s to kind of help supplement that. I don't know if you know this or not, hmm. but teachers make so much money that sometimes we find other jobs. <laughs> 
jobs. <laughs> and so when uh, NBC television came to me in the 1990s and said, hey, would you like to do this little segment on a show called News for Kids? Uh, I was with that show for seven years and uh, continued to do television even after that show was off and continued to work with teachers in the classroom. And as a result of that, started inventing toys and products and realized that there were so many different aspects to go. But uh, long story short, when you really take a look at it after 4,500 school shows, <laughs> that's a lot of school shows. That's a lot of shows. That's a- that's a lot of dragging the cart in there and blowing up the vinegar and baking soda and making teachers really excited, right? Or I nervous. Realized, watching teachers in the audience, and it dawned on me, uh, I can even remember the, the time that I was right there looking right at this teacher going, why am I not teaching the teachers how to do this? Because there's nothing that's that's up here that is proprietary. There's nothing that, that took me, you know, 20 years of college to learn. I just learned how to be a science communicator right. long before we ever used the term. Right. And uh, so from 2003 on, all of my professional work in this area has been in terms of professional development for teachers. How can I make teachers even more effective in the classroom in making science fun and building the connections that we need to ultimately grow young scientists and engineers? So, so you're like a science tainer. I, I right. like that name. You know what? Don, you know who told me that is Don Herbert. Are you old enough to know who Don Herbert is? I'm 48. Is that old enough? Well, I'm 49, so <laughs> we're going to be the see. same thing. Yep. So you and I were watching uh, Nickelodeon as a kid, maybe, or yep. kind of growing up a little bit. Uh, Don Herbert was the original Mr. Wizard. Oh, and, uh, I think, I think he I remember considered that. himself a science entertainer. He, yeah. he said to me before he passed away, uh, he said, uh, don't consider me a, a science educator and I'm not uh, uh, just a, a strict entertainer. He says, I'm a science entertainer. My job is just to make it fun. And, and I always thought of this as cheerleading with a game. Yeah. You don't teach people how to cheerlead unless there's a game to cheer for. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've done that in education a little bit, especially with science, uh, maybe in the 80s and 90s, the whole initiative was let's make science fun but we forgot that science has always been fun for the kids we just had to teach the adults how to make it fun because it might not have been fun for them unfortunately yeah Yeah, so So, true so how did the sitco component come about for this particular campaign did they come to you did you go to them they came to us uh, looking for that professional development. Uh, there's a, a lot of professional development out there, but at the end of the day, uh, I think you've got to treat professional development the same way as we treat teach, uh, treat teaching children. And that is um, I've got to grab their attention. I've got to show purpose. I've got to show reason why I'm trying to learn it. Then I got to let people uh, loose, turn them loose with the tools that they need to go and see and make this work. And so our style of professional development is a little bit different. We want to make sure that instead of just five points and a poem and a, a nice little feel good story, that we really give teachers materials and give them scenarios to make them to help them be amazing in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Because if I can give them the same feeling that I had for years being in front of thousands and thousands of kids doing science uh, presentations, even somebody who's been in the classroom for 20 plus years can have a renewed sense of purpose and excitement. And it's kind of the shot in the arm that they need to go, well, wait, this is why I got into teaching in the first place. I'd Mm -hmm. forgotten that my job is to make kids think differently, to wonder and discover and explore and ask questions Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the exciting piece. So when Sitco came to us, they said, we want to take that Spangler effect, so to speak, and bring that to teachers uh, so that we're giving them materials, supplies, and the training they need to make a systemic change in the way that they teach science. And so we're very honored that they did that. 
So are they, and are they helping to expand your reach? Like, it sounds like you're doing all of this already. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what's Sitco bringing to the table outside of, I assume, funding? But, you know, what are they bringing as a partner to this relationship? Well, Sitco has tremendous impact in terms of the reason why STEM is important in the first mm, place. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always confused, and this is where I get to be a little controversial. Um, <laughs> I have a problem with this STEM thing just a tiny little bit. And the problem that I have with it is that if we just treat it as this acronym with people saying, well, I, I do STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, I'm the first person to push back and say, but that's what we've been doing for 30 years. Right. So how is this different than the things that have failed for the last 30 years mm-hmm. in terms of trying to grow scientists? And that's why I told you at the very beginning that I would talk to you a little bit about that STEAM piece because it's amazing to see everybody jump in. And when we originally – I was speaking at a conference and somebody said to me, well, we only do STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. I thought, oh, oh no. We used to call that school. <laughs> and uh, that used to be everything that we put together. But then I realized um, – I realize that when you when you hear a song, you see a, a, a piece of art, there's something that touches you emotionally. That's the A in STEAM. Because mm-hmm. if each of us go back and say there was a teacher in school that inspired us to do what we're doing today, and it wasn't because of the curriculum, and it wasn't because of a book that he or she had, it was because of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. That person had something that just inspired you. And activities don't inspire, but people do. And so that's that A component. That is that communication. That's the, that's the thing that is sitting there that we want to teach teachers how to build that kind of connection as well. So that a child not only sees the opportunities from a career standpoint, that's what Sitco brings to us, being able to say, we're helping you plant seeds that we can harvest in 15 years because we need scientists and engineers. They bring that enormous uh, ability to be able to show kids, here's the payoff and the purpose for the passion that we're trying to plant right now. And uh, and our job is to try to teach teachers uh, to make sure that they're not only making it fun, but they're showing uh, purpose as well as students continue to look at this uh, years down the road. So with the program, uh, people can register for the sweepstakes and then there's winners and stuff like that. But there's also some additional information like it, it sounds like there's like a STEM uh, a workbook that's associated with the program. Was that something that you worked on with Sitco, Steve? Sitco was able to do that. They had that, a piece of that before we jumped on. We were ah. able to add some pieces to that as oh, well. Cool. Yep. Uh, and they were able to look at some of the activities that we're doing uh, with teachers and with kids and to be able to modify some of the things that they're doing to kind of follow this approach. You know, uh, um, one of the things that has happened in science education is that um, – Uh, we've sometimes lost our purpose in trying to teach kids how to think Mm -hmm. uh, like a scientist. So dropping Mentos, for example, into a a bottle of Diet Coke Mm -hmm. is a tremendous amount of fun at the next party you go to. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do it in the kitchen, you're going to get kicked out. (laughs) And you might want to do that just depending on how good the party is. But if you don't know, of course, you get this giant eruption. And and I use it as an example because it's one of those that I look and say, um, that's not a science experiment. That's just a clever party trick. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I can turn it into a science experiment by simply asking another question because the first thing that anybody says when they see that is they go, do that again. And (laughs) and as a teacher, you go, 
I might have some more Diet Coke in the back car, back seat of the car. But if I brought it out and another roll of Mentos, what would I do differently this time that you would want to see? Mm-hmm. And they always say, put more Mentos in there. <laughs> and we, and what do you think is going to happen? I think it's going to go higher. And in that process, we now have an experiment because now I can compare two different things. And if I can teach children to actually see those connections and to go, well, an experiment is a comparison. It's not just the process of doing. Mm -hmm. then I think we can change the way that we start kids thinking about this experimental process. And whether or not you become a scientist or an engineer later on, you have to be able to be a critical thinker. Absolutely. And so that's why I think that this is so important. Mm -hmm. What's the response been to date of this Fueling Education partnership with CITCO? It's been enormous uh, because teachers are out there and they're starving for professional development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're at a point right now where they're, they want time more than anything else. While funding and those kinds of things are important, believe it or not, I, I can speak from, from, uh, experience that a teacher wants time pretty much more than anything else Mm -hmm. than they can have because there's just not enough hours in the day to get to do the things that they want to do Mm -hmm. as a, as a professional educator. And so, um, being able to, have professional development that it shows you how to sneak science into some different areas of the curriculum. Right. Like I sure can teach you some science while we're doing reading and while we're doing math. Mm-hmm. But did you know I can teach some science while we're also doing a kind of a writing project or an art project or something with music? We really want to teach that integrated approach. And in doing that, we get some time back. Mm-hmm. And the response to that has been enormous. You know, it's interesting what you're talking about, too, because we talk to a lot of people, Steve, that – do things in schools. Like a few weeks ago, and I think we mentioned this before the broadcast, is like we talked to Pizza Hut. And, you know, Pizza Hut has this whole literacy initiative that they do in schools. And it's kind of interesting because it's been around forever, Steve. It's been around since 1984. I mean, they've been doing it a long time, uh, which is kind of interesting is, do you think more of these programs would be helpful, though, if they focused more on kind of the professional development that you're talking about with teachers, as opposed to just giving teachers a guide that they can use or exercises or workbooks that they can use in the classroom? Or do those two things complement one another? Well, you're, you're so smart as you build the connection, Joe. Mm. Imagine me coming to you and Megan and saying, well, here's a brand new thing for your broadcast. Right. And there you go. Start using it. And you go, whoa, wait, wait. That has nothing to do with what I'm yeah. doing here. How do I <laughs> yeah. incorporate this into my – I already have a format that works. Yep. Uh, help me enhance. And so to, to your to your point, mm. when we uh, – when when companies like Sitco, Pizza, whoever it might be uh, that are out there trying to reach into education and saying, I want to help and right. they reach in, um, part of the beauty of what Sitco has done is to come to – um, in my mind, people like us and dozens more who have experience with teachers on the ground mm-hmm. right now and ask us first, is this the kind of help that teachers need? Yeah. And mm-hmm. if it's not, yeah. can you help us shape it a little bit? Because money has been poured into education, as you say, yeah. uh, for many, many years, mm-hmm. but, but little of that ver- sticks uh, because things change. And so mm-hmm. the systemic reforms that we have seen over the years that do stick are those that have had partnerships with educators to say, is this going to make your job easier? Right. And making sure that we're asking educators that have been in the field for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, when, you, when you see a veteran teacher, when I see somebody who's 20 years plus and they're sitting in one of my workshops, 
they don't have to be in one of my workshops around the country. And I, I see more and more when I say, and how many people uh, have been for 30 years? And when I see, you know, in a room of 200 people, when I see more than a dozen hands go up and they're, they've been in this profession for 30 years, mm. you go, you guys don't have to be here at all. You're, you could be done. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and that's not how teachers think. So if you're not yeah. a teacher, you don't get that. Yeah. But this is what teachers do. They realize that they are in their stride. And many of them leave just like Johnny Carson left. Mm-hmm. They ride out into the sunset fully able and willing to go another five years or more. But they know the right time to pass the torch. Yep. And they've already made sure that everything is taken yeah. care of. So it's, you, it's you know, a great profession. It's interesting, too, Steve, because some of the people that we've seen on the show, too, and talked to, um, you know, they also are looking at the educational environment and saying, you know, are there things that people simply aren't teaching in schools anymore or they've never taught? For example, uh, we had Agent R Block on not too long ago when they were talking. They have a program called um, Dollars and Cents, and it's really teaching kids like practical budgeting skills, like how do you, mm-hmm. you know, how do you manage your money? How do you save money and stuff like that? And, you know, their argument with something like this is like, they just don't teach this in schools. Yeah, they teach right. math, but they, they don't teach uh, budgeting. They don't teach kids how to save. They don't, you know, they don't show them how to make sense of, of money. And what they found is not only is this kind of helpful for, uh, for kids, but it's helpful for teachers and it's helpful for parents. And so that's yeah. been kind of the big benefit for them. It's been huge. And when people like that can help build connections Mm. uh, and really look at the – in education anyway, look at a teacher and say, so how can we help you integrate this content into the curriculum? Because we think this is important. I'm sure you think this is important. And Mm. there are very few teachers I've ever met in 25 years of doing this that look at these kinds of things and go, this is not where we want to go. Most of these ideas are fantastic. They again go back to the – if I could just have a little bit more time or somebody could teach me right. how to integrate this in such a way yeah. because they're at a process right now where there is so much content that they have to – they're editors of content. Um, it's not like the days where you're out there just searching for whatever else I can I can find. You can yeah. easily kind of put it in there. There's too much. There's absolutely. And, and the yeah. kids already come into class with a device in their pocket that is smarter than anybody else. That's right. And yeah. so – And a hell of a lot more interesting. Exactly. So you know what our job is? You know what I found this personally is I I have two boys. I have twins and I have a a, a 17-year-old and twin Mm 13-year-olds. And uh, we were sitting at dinner and one of my kids says to me, hey, dad, the moon – I'll just Google it. And he reaches down into his pocket and I go, no, 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 no. First of all, what what are you Googling? And he goes, no, nah, I'll just – I'll do it. And I realized that that stupid thing in his pocket had now taken my job yeah. because they used to ask me the question. Yeah. And so now my job is to let them go find the content because anybody can find the content, but mm-hmm. few people can build the connection. Yeah. So that's my job as a dad is mm-hmm. to – to figure out why did you want to know what the moon on Triton or the Triton moon on (laughs) Neptune was or whatever he was searching for. Now, now Steve, you're making me feel like a bad dad here because I'm just the opposite. My my kids come to me all the time. It's like, you know, what's this? And I'm like, you know, this, this thing, it's called Google. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I cannot answer all you, but maybe my kids are a little bit more proactive and ask me questions. You know what I mean? But maybe but you I know get what? too Here's bad. the exciting thing is that 
when you get to sit back and you don't have to be worried about the content, but now um, it's kind of like playing jazz. Yeah. I tell teachers all the time, teaching is like jazz. I know where I'm going to start and where I'm going to finish. I just don't know what's going to happen in between. And when you become a great teacher, you go from good to great. Uh, that jazz just gets better and better and better. And isn't it fun to feel pretty confident in your teaching to be able to go, ah, Google that because right. you know they're going to get the information, but then you get to build the connection. And so you get to very uh, just nonchalantly and kind of a cool way to be able to go, so uh, why, why, why were you looking there? that up? Right, what are you, yeah. what are you interested the, in? And you get insight about yeah. what sparks the kid's passion, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately where we're going. One of the things you're talking about is, is building connections, and I wonder what your take is. We hear a ton from companies lately, more, more than any other time, that they really want to engage their employees. So where do you see an opportunity to kind of bridge some of those gaps between teacher education and engaging employees from the corporate side who are already in these science-based jobs? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, this whole term, who would think that a science teacher, again, from Denver, Colorado, is talking to companies about engagement? <laughs> oh, um, they need it. <laughs> but, you know, I, and one of the things that I, I think is happening is that we confuse involvement for engagement. Yes. So just because somebody is involved in a program doesn't mean that they're engaged. Right. Uh, a level of engagement, I think, is transactional. Mm-hmm. And if you give me something, I'm going to give you something. And if we're talking about an audience, uh, give me some information that I can use. And now I'm going to give you my attention. And that's how you get a kid to turn off the phone or to turn off whatever it might be and to engage you one on one as a human being. And so engage. Engagement starts with building a connection, uh, getting that interaction that's between somebody. And once you have them, then you've got to pour in the purpose. And so to your point, when we're taking a look at employees, there's a lot of employees that are in the field going – I think I can inspire kids by going into a school and, and doing doing our science thing or telling them about the career. And a lot of corporations are turning to science communicators to say, could you just help kind of coach us through this? Uh-huh. Because um, a scientist talking to a group of kids is going to get a much different response than somebody else who knows how to communicate with kids that may not have the content that the scientist has. Right. Mm-hmm. See what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so right. I think Absolutely. that there is that in between there to be very respectful. My job is to, when, when I'm in between is to be extremely respectful to the scientist going, there's no way we can share all this great information, but let's find a couple nuggets that we know are going to grab the kids' attention. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side to be able to look and go, what do I need to do to prepare the kids to be able to receive this great content? Mm-hmm. I think the bottom line is we try to pour in too much stuff at an early age. And all the research shows from the National Science Foundation that if we can grab a kid before he or she is seven years old and create a positive experience when it comes to the sciences, that impression goes a tremendous way in getting them to possibly select as an elective a science class as a a middle school student or as a high school student. So what's what's true, Steve, what's true for science is true for vegetables too, if you can get them before seven. (laughs) <laughs> right. You can get, you know what I mean? Yeah, so many oh, things yeah. happen when they're young, you know, now, Steve, I well, got a question. Can you imagine you. the responsibility that we put on young teachers? And, yes. so I, and this wow. is where I'm putting in this, uh, this piece for the training. It's so important that we train early childhood educators, kindergarten, first, second, third grade. Those are those impressionable years. And many times we push off this training until they're in an upper level. And in my mind, way too late. The mm. greatest uh, success we've seen is if I can grab them early and create those positive experiences. They can even have a little bumpy ride for the next couple of years 
teachers, but they're going to hit that next teacher that's going to be fantastic. And uh, you know know where it's going to go. So that's that's the passion with a purpose that we have here on this end. Steve, let me ask you, and it's interesting because a lot of times we're either dealing directly with the nonprofit and or we're dealing directly with the company and you're kind of a middle person in this, but we always ask this question of our guests on the show because we are talking about, uh, you know, the business of cause or selfish giving, which is the name on my blog. Do you think Sitco sells more gas because of fueling education? No, no. Do you think Mentos sells more Mentos because we figured out a way to drop them into Diet Coke and shoot it up in the the air and you no, I'd say no all the way around. And that's when you know the purpose is correct. And that's when you know that you've been aligned mm-hmm. uh you are aligned strategically with the right person. Mm-hmm. At no point in my conversation with Sitco have they ever said, So this is gonna be great for selling more gas. That's mm-hmm. not even a thought. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you know it's perfect. You know what their thought is, is if we don't do something now we probably are not going to have the workforce that we're going to need in 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that's a real proactive way to look at this and go, we're going to vote now with our money, with our talent, with our expertise, with our intuition and plant the seeds now and then trust these people to at least water them and give them nourishment and see what happens in 15 years. It in and of itself is a giant experiment. Mm -hmm. But as I tell people all the time, this is our Sputnik. This is our – this is President Kennedy looking into the television going, we need scientists and engineers to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. Uh, As silly as it might be, guess who funded the movie Top Gun? The U.S. Navy. Mm. Why did they fund the movie Top Gun? Mm. They needed fighter pilots. I didn't know that. Right. Right. So who funds a tremendous amount of that? They got a bunch of – Great looking fighter pilots <laughs> who were who were uh, who planted those seeds early and 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 that's what happened during that period of time, mm-hmm. thirty some years later. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's kind of cool to see what's happening, and it's great to see a company like Sitco reaching out and partnering with teachers first and saying, "Will this initiative work?" Right. And then number two, how do we implement this into a culture that is appropriate so that we can see some results? Right, and hopefully too, the long term benefit of having more scientists who can work for a Sitco and other related profession so that can keep the industry going. Exactly. Right. And you yeah. know what? It's just making us a smarter country too. Yeah. When we're building these connections and helping kids think better and pushing our own limits, it's just making everybody better. Well, this has been so fascinating, Steve. Thank you so, so much for coming on the program and sharing a little bit more about, about this initiative. If people want to find out more about fueling education or about you, how might they do that online? Well, uh, and we're going to invite them for the fueling education piece to simply go to fuelingeducation.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a teacher in a public school, K-8, uh, that can be a part of this, uh, that would be fantastic. And so you can find out all the information that you would need to there. If you find out want to find out more about what we're doing on our side, simply visit us at stevespanglerscience.com. Excellent. And we will include that in our show notes, which, Joe, where can we find you and show notes online? Well, of course, you can find me at SelfishGiving.com and my show notes come up every Wednesday morning. Uh, You can also find me minute to minute talking to Steve and Megan on Twitter at Joe Waters. And you can find uh, those Pinterest boards with all those great examples of cause marketing programs at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. You can find show notes, as Joe mentioned, at SelfishGiving.com, as well as CauseUpdate.com. And most importantly, don't forget to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes. And we're now on Google Play, which is exciting, too. Mm. So check us out in any of those places. And on behalf of Steve and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so, so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 